that? We are here. We are back. We are live. What's happening, everybody? I am Sam. I am not Sam. <laughs> and don't you dare go watch that movie. <laughs> no. That's what you don't do. Welcome to another episode of Matt Man, the podcast. I'm I, Matt. I am also Matt, and we are here podcasting today from the Bat Studio at Batland, <laughs> Virginia. Chateau La Matte. Yeah, there, there you go. The Matte Toe. The Matte Toe. There we yes. go. Just as long as you don't call it the uh, uh, Camel Toe. Or what's the other version? I don't mind that. that. Moose Knuckle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, that one I don't like. Let's not do that. No, so, Moose Knuckle is... Nah. Terrible, terrible. Somebody put that in a song, and I was just like, wow, really? We got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, we do. We got There's a lot so to talk about. There's so many things happening. A lot of activity in the movie world. Let's get right into it, shall we? Do you know a little lady named Claire Denise? Uh, a little bit. Um, see, I did see. I did see a trailer for her latest movie, though. Oh yes, High Life, oh, starring yeah. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, and Andre three thousand. Okay, Robert Pattinson. Andre three thousand always shows up in weird stuff because that's what he does. Yep. Um, Robert Pattinson could have done anything he wanted after the one-two punch of Harry Potter and Twilight. And he has spent his time making weird movies that no one sees, and I love it. I watch every one of them, and I love right. every one of them. Damsel last year was uh, so odd. What's that Cronenberg so movie he did? Uh, yes. Oh, the, I love that. My friend that I took will never go watch a movie with me again after he watched that movie <laughs> because he was so offended by that. This um, movie, and I loved it. Looks so crazy and awesome. It looks like a it's like a version of yeah. It's like a, High Life looks like a version of Solaris that I'm going to enjoy. Yes, it's a it's a throwback, yeah. and she really she does that. Like she's a she's a French director. I've uh, been working. Gosh, Couldn't I think tell since the <laughs> mid '80s. Yeah, I think her first film was called Chocolat, not the one with Johnny Depp, but an actual good movie. Uh, she's worked in America a couple times. <laughs> Uh, of course, I'm going to know her. that chocolate. Yeah, I'm gonna, well, go back and watch that movie. No, no, watch no, that back like to it. back with I like Sam and see how your day goes. No, no, I watched Chocolat <laughs> when it came out and I did not like it. Uh, she's, uh, this is our second American film of the decade. Uh, her first one was Trouble Every Day with everybody's favorite, Vincent Gallo. God. Um, it, uh, it is also a spectacular film. Go back and watch that. But most importantly, she's come back to do a American language sci-fi slash horror film, I think. Which means it's not going to do well and I'm going to love it. I am very interested to see how this does, because she doesn't have an audience in no, America. it's not going to do well. Uh, sci-fi, especially this kind of sci-fi, never does well. There's... When was the last time oh, a smart man. sci-fi movie did well in this country? Well, I mean, kind of depends on what you consider a smart one. Uh, what about uh, Ridley Scott's uh, Prometheus? Uh, y- y- people hated that. They did, but didn't it make some numbers? Uh, opening weekend, but that's... Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but take a look at something like Moon. Moon didn't do huge so box true. office. So true. Right? The, but, okay, so what does Robert Pattinson bring to the table? Does he bring an audience anymore? No. No. Because otherwise, all those other movies we talked about would have done that? well. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's because he's doing stuff that people don't want to see him in. And it's also because the Twilight movies were a lot more disposable than people realized. Because, sure. you know, And it's funny because, uh, uh, what's her name, Kristen? Mm-hmm. She did the Kristen same thing. Stewart. Yeah, she's done nothing but tiny, weird little movies. Yep, and good for her. Like I'd rather see them do something like this. It's Absolutely, kinda, it's kind of like a, a little bit like Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, where they're in the largest movie of all time, and now twenty years later or twenty-two years later, um, if you ask people what they're known for, Titanic is like way down the list. Yeah, you know, um, Twilight. Yeah, it's one of those movies that. One of those series that made a ton yep. of money, but it's not going to have legs. What like happens? our kids aren't going to be watching it. 
No, I don't imagine so. But what happens if he does go that route? What happens if he goes the Tom Cruise route or the Will Smith route and does the safe I think, films? I don't think he wants to. He made the money he wanted to make. Sure. And now it's kind of like uh, Jim Carrey. When Jim Carrey did that doc, Andy and Me, mm-hmm. there's this really telling part towards the end where he goes, I don't have to do anything. Nothing It's like, all. I don't have to do a thing. And yeah. it's like, oh. So when he did that show with Michelle Gondry, mm-hmm. it's because he wanted to. When he does something, it's because he wants to. And how and I, wonderful is that uh, to that's be able to let artists and, do that? And that's what Robert Pattinson has done. Yes. Which is kind of great. It's kind of beautiful. And you got to respect him for that, for not taking you know an easier way out, where he's just doing more of that kind, same kind of stuff that made him famous. You mm-hmm. know, he didn't say, hey, can I do another Harry Potter movie? No, he goes and go, go, uh, does Good Times with the, with the brothers in New York right. that, that nobody knew who they were, and now they're directing a huge box office movie next time. Yeah. A lot of the reason because of him. Like, he brought attention to them because of that movie. Exactly. And I think this movie is going to do very well in certain circles. Uh, High Life... Is going to be the kind of movie that I like where it's like, oh, it's a really smart sci-fi movie. No one else likes it pretty much, and I can feel better about myself right. for getting it and liking it. Um, it looks bananas, and the trailer started out a little iffy for me, but by the end of the trailer, it's like, I cannot wait until this comes out. I got to see it right now. And in the trailer, you don't even see the sexual aspects of this because I guarantee you Claire has some, some weird sex stuff coming She's because French. that's what she does. Yeah. And it's beautiful. So what happens if um, if somebody like, uh, instead of her, if we give it to a big budget director from America and I can't... I'm, more explosions. More explosions. Uh, uh, Inception. What's his name? Because I feel stupid right now. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. So Christopher Nolan directs this. Does this make money? Is this like the Matthew McConaughey one that he did a couple years did ago? Did that make money? It broke even. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean the budget at that point. I mean, but you have but you have a guy coming off of uh, three exactly Dark Knight Batman. movies. Yeah. Uh, you have a guy coming off of Inception, which was huge. Inception might be the only time a smart sci-fi movie has done well in like the last thirty years. For, and for the long because even something like uh, Minority Report didn't do that well. Not at all. And Minority Report. Is amazing, so good. It's incredible. Yes, I remember watching it and feeling like I felt when I first watched Raiders. You know, I was like, "This is just—it's smart and it's fun," and you mm-hmm. don't get that. Um, no, you would end up with something that's a little more obtainable if you had someone like Christopher Nolan direct this. Is you that know? a little more disposable as well? Do you think? I don't think disposable. I think it's uh, less challenging. Okay. Um, because you know when he makes quote challenging films, right? It's usually because things are out of order and people are trying to put it together. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, okay. um, like there's nothing, there's nothing in, intrinsically challenging about Inception. Some people thought it was confusing. I don't understand how because it's very straightforward. It is. You and know? if and if you can't figure it out, just listen to that girl because she explains everything because she asks all the questions. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And something like High Life, even though it hasn't come out, we you know we're all we're just so, yeah we're speculating. It seems like it's going to be one of those movies that doesn't give you all the answers. A lot of it's kind of left up to you, but not in the way that Primer was, where it's just not telling you important details. Like you talk about, yeah, you cut out the beginning logic. and the end of the scene to make you yeah. confused. Like, yeah, Primer, if every scene was five pages, he's only showing you two yeah. and a half from the middle. Right. And that's not that's not challenging. That's blatantly withholding Being information. Being difficult, right. Right. It's not like something like... Uh, <laughs> I'm not calling this highbrow sci-fi, but something like Buckaroo Banzai, mm. where you're like, 
wait, why are there alien Rastafarians? <laughs> sure. You know, and you're, you just got to kind of wrap your brain around yep, it. Yep. You know, yep. or the ending of Akira. Let's go with the ending okay. of Akira. Yeah. Okay. Where it's like, what the hell is, and like after watching it three or four times, you get it. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I think High Life is going to be more like that. Can't wait to see it. Just yeah. remember when you watch it, Vincent Gallo was the first choice. But he's okay. probably a little too old. Yeah, he's too right. old. Now, moving on from the smalls to the bigs, Aquaman, Aquaman. has done killer at the box office. <laughs> who who saw that coming? And let me be honest, I shall be the first to say that I misjudged that, though it was more bitterness hoping that it wouldn't be successful, but I definitely shot low on that. I did not think that it would make these kind of numbers. I, I If you told me, when like 10 years ago, that the last Batman movie would have been terrible and the so Justice League movie would have been terrible, so but Aquaman would have had people raving for it, I would have called you a liar and I yes. would have punched you in the face. Absolutely. I'd say, oh, what's Vinny Chase doing in Aquaman? <laughs> now, neither of us have seen this. This is true. Uh, um, so we- I, I want to just because everyone says it's fun. No one says it's good. That's right. No one says it's good. They say it's fun, and for me, comic book movies, that's enough. Like the show Gotham. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Gotham again, and it is like Tim Burton directed scripts from the 66 Batman. Nice. It is so cheesy and funny and terrible, but it's fun. I love that idea. We're going to talk about that later with Bohemian Rhapsody, but right yes. now we'll stay with the Aquaman. Now, does this Is this all James work? Wan? So it's him. It's not Jason Momoa. Like, if anybody else starts people, in this... I think people went to go see it because of Jason Momoa, okay. because he's hot, not for his acting. Right. But I think they stayed and kept going back because it's fun. And it might be something... Like, when was the last time there was an undersea movie? Well, Waterworld? That wasn't even undersea. No, it wasn't undersea. But there's also a reason for that, because it's extremely difficult, almost impossible. Because, for example, your main character has to keep pants on while he's underneath the water. (laughs) Right. And, uh, you know, how that translates is really weird. And, too, you talk about that. Why did this have to be Aquaman? What about the story makes it have to be Aquaman versus creating a new IP? Like, I know the answer to this question, but please answer that for me. Uh, the answer is they own Aquaman. Exactly. They want to funnel more money yes. into the Warner Brothers DC machine, and they're trying to salvage what they can from the debacle of their DC extended universe because, man, is it they bad. Made, so 20 years ago, do they make this its own IP? Do you Did they make it differently, or do you still hold on that Aquaman title? Well, here's the funny thing. Like, I, I can't believe we got Aquaman before we got a Flash movie. That's or yes. or a good Green Lantern. Uh, the Flash seemed like a very obvious choice. But they've lost like they, five directors. They have, yeah. Um, I think it might be uh, a Guardians of the Galaxy case. Okay, where it's like here's something that we could lose money on. Have fun. Do what you want to do. Because Aquaman has always been a joke. Yes, it has. Hence he looks weird. On, he talks <laughs> to fish. Chase was part of it, right? And I think Entourage is a shout out to Entourage. Right, right. Anybody's curious. And I think with this, they just let James Wong kind of go crazy. Mm. And now they're realizing, oh, maybe people want the fun. And we're not making it, you know, depressing and dour like, like Zack Snyder. Since the Dark Knight. Right. That's been, I mean, we've been there since the Dark Knight. And there have definitely been some one offs and Guardians of the Galaxy being the biggest of them. Not on the DC side. But exactly, not on the DC side. It just has to be. The thing we got was Wonder Woman. Yeah. And Wonder Woman was good, but even the end was very Zack Snyder ish. You know, sure. 
And that always bothered me about Superman. Superman so f- oh. should be a fun movie. It right. should not be this. He was, he was the worst person to do that. If, was. if they wanted to have someone that would be the best person, I think, right now to do Superman as the big American, you know, uh, flag waving Boy Scout. Mm. A lot of people would hate me for saying this, but I Are honestly. Are you going to say Kevin Smith? God, no. <laughs> no. Um, Michael Bay. Yes. Because Michael Bay, my favorite review I've ever read of his was he shoots uh, military like pornography. Absolutely. And who better to have a character that's, you know, I fight for truth, justice, and the American way than Michael Bay. I agree completely. I, I think that would be really good because he's proven he is a good director. Like there yeah. are things that the he does island that are ridiculous. Is awesome. Pain and Gain, wonderful. Love Pain that. and Gain was so Love great. Love that darn movie. Now, mm-hmm. I wish somebody... If they weren't going to make, if they were going to make a less serious version, why don't we go completely the opposite version and do a movie like Mister Freedom from the seventies? Are you familiar with Mister <laughs> no, Freedom? No, I am not. French director made it was not very pro-American, and uh, it's this absurd look at this Captain America type character that goes over there to save things, but it's just a disaster, and he makes a mess the whole time. Um, and again, it's definitely making fun of the character, but you know, have a little tongue in cheek with it. Rather than trying I think that, to make him save the world. I think that's what um, Shazam is going to be. Because Shazam is playing up the kid fun aspect so much that my oldest daughter is like counting down the days to go see Shazam. Nice. I, I guess, like, I think it looks like it's going to be uh, like groan inducing, but right. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this would be the second time Mark Strong has played the bad guy in. Uh, a DC oh, okay. superhero movie. And, you know, if it's not good, then I feel bad for him. And they have to look, the TV show is good. Like it's a solid TV show. The flash is. So now you have to, great. gosh, can you be better than a TV show at this point? Well, I think that's also part of the problem is that the show in not, not for Shazam, but for the flash, you know, the flash is such a popular show mm-hmm. and it's now in it's like sixth season. It is. Yeah. That why are you going to make a movie? That's not from this universe. Right. Like, they try to at, do it the reverse all the time, but yeah, doing right. it this way. It's... At this point, you're going against, like you're kind of, uh, you're you're taking money from one pocket and just right. putting it in the other. Don't do that. For no reason. Right. Although I will say this, everything, you know, they have what's called the Arrowverse, which mm-hmm. is all of their shows. Oh, okay, right. And all of their superhero shows uh exist in a universe that's based on Richard Donner's Superman. Oh, wow. Where, like, when they, in Supergirl, when they, they first had Superman guest star, he flies in, and this guy's geeking out and meeting him. He's like, I got a million questions. Uh, uh, when when you saved, uh, when you uh, uh, lifted up the um, the fault, mm-hmm. you know, the, the San Andreas fault. Right. And he kept asking all these questions <laughs> about the first movie. I'm like, oh, Okay, we're doing that, and all the designs are from that era, mm-hmm. and it they go out of their way to basically give the middle finger to everything that Zack Snyder did, Nice, which I love, and I think that's one of the reasons also they're having trouble getting those properties made, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well, you know, um, I, I'll watch Aquaman at the house. I, I will, too. It's, um, it's probably going to be one of those I see it at the house, and I'm like... I wish I seen this in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've I felt that way about a few movies. But is anyone going to watch this thing in 15 years? That's that's a good question. Wonder Woman people will still watch, I think. People definitely still watch that, yeah. This I think they'll go 
Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a novelty of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of novelties, look at that. I'm two for two with transitions today. <laughs> Bandersnatch is the Bandersnatch. new show on Netflix. Um, Let's you- talk about, let me ask, is this new entertainment or is this a data mining tool? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, there's kind of a conspiracy theory going around that this is a data mining tool and they can take a look to see which choices people made most mm-hmm. and they can kind of decide, oh, in future movies that we do for Netflix and future shows, this is the kind of stuff they want to see. Okay, so twofold on that. One, Netflix has already been doing that in different ways. We all know that, right, right? how they do their algorithms and stuff. But number two, is that a bad thing? Certainly there is a bad thing about privacy. So that that's one. We'll put that in one box. But I, For me, it's not even that. It's um, I think it's taking creative control away from the people making. It's more like yeah. letting an AI write a script. That's exactly what it's doing. Yeah. But is a lot of, is that, unfortunately is that not a lot of people's viewing like that works for a lot of people that's how a lot of people watch things you put it on the background with its Netflix I mean people even talking about watching Roma as a background thing on how Netflix can you do that and that's crazy to me but that's how people take their media you know in. that's actually why I stopped uh, I was watching the Dahmer tapes mm-hmm. not the Dahmer tapes uh, the Ted Bundy tapes oh, okay yes right well, the the other crazy uh, murderer. right gotcha the one who didn't eat people <laughs> right um, we don't think right. So I was watching that, and I ended up turning it off because I, I realized I'm not paying attention to this. And if I'm going to watch something like this, I should probably pay attention right. to it. Yes. Yeah. It's in the details. Right. And something like Bandersnatch isn't necessarily like the, the – well, first of all, we can talk about the story. Does arc. it work outside of the gimmick? Does the gimmick even work? Because I watch it, and I'm like, okay, like it's, all, it's okay, but I mean it's, it's not that interesting. I, I agree to a point, but also, are we asking too much from something like that? First of all, you have to be able to develop that. Like, you know, we there, it's it couldn't to, have been the best the it, first it, time out. Well, here's the thing. It's trying to be a video game. And the problem is video games, like, um, uh, was it Detroit Beyond Human, mm-hmm. which is basically a choose-your-own-adventure movie, does that better. And honestly, if I'm going to feel sucked into something, if I can move the character around even though that's all I'm doing and making decisions every so often, mm-hmm. that's going to work for me better than passively sitting on my couch and then going, uh-oh, where's my controller? I got to make a choice. Right. Hmm. Okay. You know? But, you know I, yeah, I definitely hear that. Now, I think a lot of people are arguing, too, that this is more of a phone kind of movie to watch rather yeah. than on the TV so that your thumbs are right there automatically right. being able to do that. But one of the things that they, I don't watch movies on my phone. I don't either. Never have. A lot of people Cannot do stand it, and I think that's just... I don't understand how they do it. Yeah. It's such a small little screen. Why do that? I don't know. Kids these days, man. Kids, Kids these, these days. days, says the old man from the uh, from the porch. But <laughs> even in the Get in the show, <laughs> even in Bandersnatch, they talked about the infinite number of you know realities that there can be in a video game, whereas in a show, uh, that's almost impossible. So right. does that limit the entertainment value of the show? Um, a little bit. Um, also... If you're watching it with other people, because I watched this with my wife, and we were both deciding on what to do. I know that was tough. <laughs> and yeah, that was really tough because when I first went through and I took the deal, and he's like, uh, "Wrong path," and then it like really quickly ended, like as the game's a failure, right? And then it goes back to right before then, and you're supposed to not take the deal the second time. 
part of me wanted to see what would happen if to I do took it the again. deal again. Yeah. But she was sitting with me. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to piss her off. That is too funny because that's almost We're, exactly how Dee and I watched it as well. I made her make the right, choices after that. Right. <laughs> Same here. So, and I, but the problem is because you can't skip ahead to just the stuff that you want mm-hmm. and say, okay, if I like where I went here, what happens if I make, you have to go back from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I don't always have an hour and a half to sit down. To be able to and rewind it and it's go back not, and. It's not good enough to keep my attention. That's the problem. That, yeah, that, I think that you maybe hit that right I, on the head there. Because I don't like the character. Right. I don't care about him. And I got the point of it really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, there was a limit to the story itself. So is right. this is this clicking? Is this interaction? Is it a fad like 3D TV? Is there ways to be able to expand on this? Funny that you mentioned that. Yes, hit me. Uh, you know how Facebook will do that. Two years ago, you posted this. Yeah. Right? Well, I got one of those on Friday. It's like, two years ago, you posted... And my post was about, hey, remember how when 3D TVs were the next big thing and everyone was going to have them and everything was going to be 3D and that didn't happen? Didn't happen. I'm sure VR is going to be totally different, right? That's two years ago. How many people are still doing VR right now? Well, okay, that's a good question because Nobody. I think that it's about to expand a little bit more, at least in, in the music sense. Because Eminem has a new interactive experience that he's doing with VR that, he te- that he's testing out. And there was a little bit of footage from that the other day. Now, I'm not saying that movies are going to work. I don't think the movies are really ever going to work that way because the way that we've been trained to watch them. Until we can project things around us. Yes. It's not going to work because the second you have to put something on your face, people say no. Yes. And I think that's the way it is with this. You can't just sit on your couch and let it happen. Yeah. You have to be actively engaged. And when you watch a movie, that is a different mindset than playing a video game. Agreed. People don't mind playing video games that are like movies. Hell, my kids... You know, I play this uh, the Telltale Walking Dead game. It's been five or six seasons now, and there are like four chapters or five chapters per game, and they come out like once a month, and then you wait for a year, year and a half, and then another five chapters comes out. And it's one of those choose-your-own-adventure where, you know, things will happen, you have to make a choice, and that def- will change the ending, where it's like, oh, that character's no longer alive, or... Oh, you went here instead of going over to that place, right? And they look forward to that. I look forward to that. Right. The last chapter is coming out March 25th. I am actively waiting for that. Am I ever going to watch Bandersnatch again? Probably not. So, okay, so then expand on that. If you have a game that you go so far, yeah, and then you get to, then you have to stop, and then next month it comes back, and then you have more opportunities and a different way to go and that kind of stuff. Well, it's continuing be? the story, yeah. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, if if you have a Game of Thrones level type thing, they actually have a Game of Thrones game for uh, from Telltale doing the same kind of thing. Is it? Yeah, and they're great, and these things have been popular, and the company just folded overnight. Ugh. Like they literally closed their doors, and another company had to come in and finish the Walking Dead game because they released only half of it of the last chapter, and everyone's like, "Guys, we've been into this for six years. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> you need to end this story." Right. Um. And again, I just think it's a mindset. It is until we can completely merge movies and games, which I don't think ever will really happen, you'll still have passive entertainment, and then you'll have engaged entertainment. But you know they're going to keep trying because they know that video game sales are quadruple what movie sales are. What's going to happen is they're going to do like two or three more of these, and then they're going to stop. That's exactly what's going to happen. Netflix or in general? Uh, I think Netflix. Because I don't think Hulu is going to be working on the uh, the programming to get something they like this done. Because they said that this was tough to get done. That they had to create 
you know, a whole new way of viewing this thing. Just do a choose your own adventure, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Also, it takes a long time to plot these things out. I can imagine. And they said they shot like five and a half hours for something that could end up being an hour long experience. Right. And what they're trying to do is just keep keep people engaged more. Right. And Bandersnatch was really cool. But if the next one isn't better, it's done. It's done. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Can we have smell of vision? That's my last question. They used to. I know. Why why have we lost smell of vision? Do you do you really want smell of vision? Like okay. I was watching Fight Club the other day and when they're I need uh, some alleyway trash smells. No, yes. no, when they're taking a look at the car that's burned and they're like, Look at the dad, and he must have been huge. His fat's burned into the seat. I've been yes. next to a car that's been on fire where people burned alive in it. That's a smell you don't want. Can you imagine the 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 level that takes up a film though? If you if if you have smell of vision in seven you know, oh, you know, you know what's man. funny about that? If they had successful smell vision you would turn people... I, I actually don't think you would have repeat viewings of things because the sm- smell is the one sense that's tied closest to memory, right? Right. So if you watch something and you liked it, it's going to really stick with you if it's in smell vision right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be as... If you remember it that clearly and that well, are you going to be as encouraged to put it on again? These are good questions. We are weird. Us humans, our senses are so odd and yeah. peculiar. I don't make sense of them at all. With that in mind. That was a rambling one. I'm sorry. Let's make sense of Hot Fuzz. We're going to talk a little bit about a scene from Hot Fuzz, one of our favorite scenes, though <laughs> all the scenes in Hot Fuzz are great. Please go out and watch it if you have not. Who hasn't seen Hot Fuzz at this point? I guarantee you there's some crazy person out there that has not, and they are missing out. That's but dumb. we'll at least talk to you about this one scene. This would be the... Uh, what do you call this scene? The uh, talking to the boss. The rundown. The rundown. Okay, we're yeah. gonna call this rundown. I like that. Okay, so uh, paint the picture for us if you show. Okay, so um, Simon Pegg yes. goes in to speak with James Bond. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and he thinks that James Bond is kind of dirty, and he he's knows very schmarmy. He is well. He doesn't play it close to the vest. In no, the he movie, doesn't which at all. Is great. I love even in the when he's talking and he does something about off with their head or something. It's just the little things that are put in there. But yes, go ahead. Yeah, he goes out of his way. They actually mentioned in the commentary um, the very first scene where he runs up to him. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put a sign in the background for like bad guy furniture. So when he's running, you just see bad guy above his head because they they admitted you know we're not we're telegraphing this. Yes, right. Um. Which makes the little twist at the end so much better. Right. But anyway, uh, so he's talking to him, and then they see uh, a guy stealing in the store. Right. And he goes and runs him down. And one of my favorite things about this movie is how hyper-stylized it is. So good. But what I noticed about it was, you know, like the quick cuts where they're looking at each other, and then they turn to run. There's like five cuts in there when you really could have done it in one. Yes. Right? And it's just so fast and so over the top, but it's not done in the style because they're making fun of um, action films from the late 80s, early 90s. The best. Right. And in the middle of the scene, they even cut to Nick Frost going, super cop. Yeah, with the Jackie Chan DVD in his hand. Who cannot be stopped. Yes. Right. And the way they cannot be stopped. Um, So those are the kinds of films we're trying to emulate, right? Those movies were also famous for having a little bit longer takes. They were fast cut, but the way they cut this together was very reminiscent of the time when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. 
and actually kind of like there's that one I think from Taken 2 where like this guy jumps over a fence and there's like literally like like 15 17 cuts. right yep. right <laughs> and it came out right before that I think Hot Fuzz is what 2004 I believe so yeah yeah 2005 2004 and it seemed like the whole shaky cam overly fast cut thing that we had all throughout the early 2000s until J.J. Right. Uh, Abrams kind of put the last nail in the coffin with Star Trek. He did indeed. Um, I think they were a little bit ahead of the time. Uh, they were ahead of the curve because it felt like two styles mashed together because it wasn't exactly like uh, something like um, Speed, right? It was a little faster than, yeah. than that or Bad Boys. And it was a little more handheld and herky jerky, less For sure. cool, stylized camera moves. But One still, the- and then the, there's a callback. There's a callback to the previous movie that they did, uh, their first movie they all did together, um, Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I, haven't you ever heard of a shortcut? Right. Yes. And in that movie, the thing falls over. Yes. Funny. Here you expect the same thing to happen, but he does like five of those. Jump over, 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 and over. the trampoline. final giant flip is so funny. Yes, and that's enough. But no, they kept Nick, Nick Frost right through it, hitting through, and then they kept with it for him to do that last. And then still rolled hobble. over like a fat. Oh man, it's so good. It, the, uh, one of the things about so pacing that that you were talking about, I love the wipes. They do the wipes from like the one yes. thing, and then he slides into view right behind the the guy that's trying to rob stuff, and just it's just those mm-hmm. little edits that he is so good at. I'm pretty sure that Edgar Wright um, is on the spectrum because no normal human being can do something that's that well put together. Right. It's kind of like uh, when I saw. Um, uh, Scott Pilgrim. 66? Okay. Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim, every single cut was like highly planned, right? Every frame highly planned. There's nothing by accident. And it was a level of production that blew my mind. And if it wasn't called Scott Pilgrim versus the world and about comic books and video games, you know, we'd be talking about that as one of the best made films of all time. Well, I still talk about it as one of the best made films because I love that film. Yeah, unfortunately, it just has the wrong person in the lead. But anyway. the um, And the, the the level, you know, I really love the idea that the stakes are still so low. He's, he's trying to stop somebody that's stealing stuff from a grocery store. And then he gets distracted by the goose. By the goose that he's supposed to catch. All along, the soundtrack is right. just giving you this just this, yeah. this energy, and it's like the biggest thing in the world. It's Everything so about good. that movie. Oh, it's so good. My favorite, my absolute favorite, it's not in that scene, but my favorite joke in that movie um, it's when they're having the uh, the carnival at the church, and you know the the girl who uh, the woman who works at the police station, right? Who everyone's making you know sex jokes about sure. the entire time. So there's a shot with a pig on a roast, and her talking to two guys, and she goes ah, maybe after a couple of pints, <laughs> and then it cuts away. And the first time I watched it, I'm like, what? what? Oh, oh uh, my god! There, uh, yeah. I see what you did. The movie's filled with stuff like that. Um, I don't know how something can pay homage and also be its own unique thing at the same time. Like that, that movie is perfect, and that scene really exemplifies everything that I love about that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, off topic, but I just got to talk about the end where he presents. You know, 
you know, you killed him because of this, and he had a deal with this person, and he was going to... And they're like, no, no, we just didn't like his house. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that guy was a nuisance. And you find out that everything was really... Like there was no he, great clue he, ending, Yeah, he's completely wrong about everything. There is a conspiracy, but it's for the most banal yes. stuff. It's so great. It just takes the wind out of everything that you've watched. That's right. Oh, so good. Also, i got to say, my wife and I, because of that movie, and she loves that movie a lot, because of that movie, anytime someone says greater good, no matter where we are, you'll hear both of us go, the greater good. The greater good. Excellent. All right. Hot fuzz is done. Now we're going to deep dive. Our last topic of the day. Who gets credit for a movie's success? Man, that's a tough one. This is a problem that's been in Hollywood, obviously, since the beginning because people yeah. are greedy and they try to take credit for things. Uh, most specifically, let's start now and work our way backwards with the Bohemian Rhapsody situation. Oh, man. Uh, Brian First of all, Singer. can I go on record by saying I've never been so impressed with a movie that I thought was terrible? That is the thing. It's enjoyable, but it's not good. Well, it's 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 awful. The script is just terrible. Not good. And, but, man, they shot and cut the heck out of that movie. Yes. But Brian Singer was fired with a couple of weeks left to go in production. Three weeks left. Right. And then... But we, we don't know how much of that they had left to shoot because, you know... The first like month of that was just the end twenty minutes exactly because they shot yeah. that stuff first right. So okay, what the stuff was left? Yeah. Was it you know three weeks of pickups? You know, like what was left? Very true. We yeah. don't know, and that's exactly one of the problems that we get into. Like, how do we know? How should somebody get credit for that? Based on is it how much uh, stuff is left to shoot? Is it because somebody does something awful so you can't say it, or is it because? Uh, any number of things, and then you have to put Alan Smithy well, well, as the as the director. Right. Well, here's the thing: you had Thomas Newton Siegel shooting this, and he shot all of Brian Singer's movies. You had John Ottman doing the film editing, who has edited all of Brian Singer's movies. They've known each other since they went to USC together, right? These guys know what they're doing. They've worked together so often; they kind of know what. Brian Singer would ask for in a scene. Right. And honestly, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's incredibly showy visually. That's a little much even for Brian Singer. And I'm wondering if that's some of the stuff where he wasn't there. And it's kind of like, we need someone here to tell us what we're shooting today. But other than that, the DP's got this yeah. visually. And then when you talk about the actors, well, you have a guy who's that far into the role who, you know, didn't take the fake teeth out for like three <laughs> yeah, months or whatever. Exactly. How much are you... It's kind of like when... Um, was it Ron Howard got nominated for Frost Nixon? Yes. When he stepped in at the last minute and didn't do a whole heck of a lot that, of That's what I'm it. saying. The movie is mostly recreations of interviews. Yep. With two guys who had done this on stage for years. How much did Ron Howard do? Right? How much of that is just the actors being themselves? And the same thing with Bohemian Rhapsody. How much of this is just the lead saying, I've got this. Yeah. I know what to do. And that's it. So then we then we ask, who gets the Oscar if it wins? The First of all, the fact that it's uh, We'll talk about that in a minute. Was it nominated for director? It was nominated for director. How so is that even possible? How does, how does that get... God. Who gets that award? No, I lied. I'm so sorry. Best picture. Not okay. best directors. I'm so yeah, sorry. Best, best picture. That... 
That would that would be crazy. I don't think he has that many pictures on people. <laughs> right, exactly. But not saying he does. You still have to wonder, like, who holds credit for that? I mean, you look back through the history of of cinema. I mean, the blacklist obviously is the big one that you can look at yeah. and see how they manipulated those things. Poor Dalton Trumbo got you know blacklisted, and again, Alan Smithy is the as the as the director that they use if they don't want to put a director's name on the thing, and, or the director doesn't want his name on. the And thing. you talked about in our notes. A movie that I actually have a little bit of personal insight on. Tombstone. Oh, Tombstone. Because Tombstone had like four directors. It did. Most of them not credited. You know how I know about all this? Who shot that movie? William Fraker. Yes. My mentor. Mm. He spoke at the Arclight before a screening of that or after a screening of that. And we were there for that as well. So I've heard stories for a while. You know, right. about the making of that. Apparently what happened was they had a director. Director did not work out. Fired him within the first two weeks. Kurt Russell took over during that time. Right. And while they were trying to find other people to direct, if Kurt Russell wasn't available or he was off working because he also produced the movie. Uh, yeah, sure. And there's a reason why his son's named Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. Um. There are, there are scenes in that movie that Billy directed as the DP, which is not unheard of. Right. And there's also George Cosmatos. And that's, then they brought in George Cosmatos, but about that time, they'd already shot for about a month. And the funny thing is about him is that uh, Sly Stallone recommended him because Sly Stallone used him on one of his pictures, so Sly could direct the picture but put George's name on... Is, uh, what was that? Rambo 2. Yes. So is this a Toby Hooper situation? Exactly. Which, by the way, I know a lot of people say, like Joe Bob Briggs will say Toby Hooper directed Poltergeist. But um, that's not what Spielberg told us. Spielberg talked about that in the class, and he said it came down to one thing. Mm-hmm. He had already directed E.T. that year, and they wouldn't allow him to put his name on a second film. The DGA wouldn't. Oh. Because they were not happy with that little kid. Right. Um. So that's why it's like directed by Toby Hooper, normal font, giant font, executive producer, Steven Spielberg. And other people in the movie have even said Spielberg was the one who really directed that. Toby Hooper was there, but the person talking to the actors, person talking to the DP. Right. I mean, if Toby Hooper can have, before he died, he could have said he directed it. And I'm sure he put in the work to do it. He wasn't just sitting around. Sure. But when... Toby Hooper is standing there, and then Steven Spielberg walk, walks up and says, "How about you do it this way?" Who are you gonna probably going to do it that way? Exactly, <laughs> especially 1982. Of course, yeah. right? Yeah, just coming off of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, you're listening to to Spielberg. Yeah, the Wunderkind. I think that uh, yeah, that he might have known what he was doing. So, uh, uh, so who gets credit? Right? Who gets credit? And why does that matter? And it matters because of money. If nothing else, it yeah. matters because of money. And you also who awards, gets to take home the statue. Who, well, you're right. But the statue means money the next time. Yeah. You know, how, do you, how are you able to continue to work as a director? Right. You win the awards. You do all these other things. You get the credit. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Because yes. even though he was fired yes. off of Bohemian Rhapsody, and now extra accusers have come out against him. Sure even though he's been accused of these things multiple, multiple, multiple times over the last 22 years, they're still not getting rid of Brian Singer off of Red Sonja. Still not. They're still not. So what do you have to do 
Because apparently one of the justifications the producer of Red Sonja made was, well, he makes a lot of money. Look at look at Bohemian Rhapsody. It's the sure. largest grossing drama of all time. Did people go see that movie for the movie, or did they just want a Queen sing-along? Well, they just wanted the Queen sing-along. That's what I think. Doubt, without a doubt. And that's okay. Right. Like, how much of that's repeat business? Or is it the fact that Queen made the biggest rock anthems the world has ever seen? And people had slept on them, and they'd forgot, and now they're back in our lives. Exactly. Let's not forget, people talk about Live Aid. One thing I did like about the movie is how they went down the roster of who played at Live Aid. Yeah. And to this day, people only remember one performance, and it's Queen. I don't know. Cindy Lauper is very important. Don't you get <laughs> But that's my point. Yes, you know? absolutely. So, like, does anyone deserve credit on that movie except for Queen? Sorry, guys. My dog has decided that he's going to be a, a jerk today. Uh, you know, and and even 20 years later, 30 years later, they're still wrangling sometimes for movies. Like Robert yeah. Redford a couple years ago mm-hmm. had a little documentary that he did to try to whitewash William Goldman out of Butch Cassidy. He tried to say, oh, he wasn't that involved and everything else. Right. But William Goldman is a pack rat and kept all his stuff and could easily prove, oh, hey, I definitely wrote this movie. I, I, th- I think about. a lot of that's ego. And that's ego yeah. as well, sure. Um, and you, you've, I'll, I'll, I, I'll put it this way. I had a music video that I directed where one of the band members was like, I think for the next shot you should do a tight on me. And it's like, yeah, I was going to. Like, as I was setting up the shot, he's like, why don't you do a close-up of the drummer? It's like, yeah, I was about to. That's what you do here. Right, sure. And then when it came time to finish the video that I had shot, directed, and then edited, he asked for co-director credit. And you laughed in his face? No, because uh, something like that happened once in the past, Mm -hmm. and it not only ruined a friendship, but caused years' worth of legal trouble. So I just gave it to him because I didn't care that much. Right. Um, and all you can do is take a look at the other things. Oh, wait, he's never directed anything else. Oh, I see. Or the other 150 music videos that I've done in less than a decade. Yeah. So. So even on the, on the lower level, it's, oh, yeah. you know, it's just dealing with, oh, yes. it's dealing with all that stuff and it never yeah. changes and it continues on and on and on. And for me, I, I tend to be too much of a pushover, uh, going back to Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, John Ottman edited that. And he was a judge at one of uh, the film festivals we had at USC that we participated in. And I had edited this movie and he gave us the award for best editing. And I told everybody we are going to put this as made by critical productions because everyone does something on this. No one's going to take credit. Even though I edited and everyone in the group told me, go up there and get the award. I brought everybody up with me and everyone got their own trophy because to me that was fair. Sure. Um, I, I think I, I kind of wish it was more that way. But also when you, once you get guilds involved, you can't do that. Nope. You know? So. Yeah, yeah. Once you were working with the unions, yeah. it's got to be that way. Them's the rules. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody before we go. Um, uh, it was fun, as we both said. Yeah. It wasn't good. It was, a, at best, a paint-by-numbers biopic. Uh, the Jackson's An American Dream was better. Okay. Um, it, the problem with this movie is that it's two and a half hours of, Freddy, no one's ever done this before. You'll never be able to do this. All right. Just watch me. Wait. And then and he see. does it immediately, and then that's it. Yeah. There's no wait. 
Um, everything seems really cheesy, and it seems like the band was trying to make him look a little worse than what he probably really was. Yeah, and, and I, there really wasn't a story arc. It was just going from there. the one song to like, the one song to the one song. There's nothing in that movie. And there's definitely some misinformation in there. Oh, yeah. There's definitely some misinformation. You know, you worry about, oh, well, you know, is that people? Is that how people are going to see the history of Queen now? And you know yeah. what? The way that we grew up and some of the things we watched... We misunderstood a whole lot of things about history, too. So it's just kind of how all right. movies have always been. So it's hard to kind of hold them to that. It would be nice. But you know what? That doesn't always make a good movie when you do it in order or when you do it how it actually happened. I think that's part of the you know, the challenge of being a filmmaker. Right. You know, you need to be able to be honest with it if you're going to go that route. Yeah, find the moments. And if it doesn't have the moments, then... Now, if you're going to do what... <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, disgraced people associated with Brian Singer. Um the uh somewhere under the sea. Under the sea. No, no, no. The um the Bobby Darren biopic starring um uh Kevin Spacey. Oh, okay. Where he's like talking to the audience and like it's kind of out of order and it's a little dreamish, you know. If you're gonna do that, that's fine. Right? Then you can mess with stuff. Right. But if you're just going to say this is how things happen, show them how they happen. Yeah. I mean, like The Doors does a good job of being yeah. that esoteric kind of approach to a biopic. Right. Whether it is kind of dream. Though, you know, Morrison was that kind of guy anyhow. So yeah. it fit it fit The Doors <laughs> persona, as it were. So, um, you know, watch it if you want to. It's fun, but it's not great. And don't Everyone's seen it at this point. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think it's going to be one of those that... If anyone watches it, what they'll do is they'll just put on the last twenty minutes, or the, yeah, or the yeah, or the first thirty. Then the middle, it's nobody's watching the middle again. No, and at that point, why don't you just put on some of their old A music documentary. videos? Yeah. Right, or yeah, just listen to. They have full Freddy concerts Matthew. on on YouTube. Yes, go watch Live Aid a couple times. Right, it'll be good. Or Live in Budapest. Oh, that's that was great good too. Yes, you know why that one's so good, and why they shot it with like really nice cameras and film. Because that's when he didn't know that he had AIDS when they did Live Aid. He didn't know that. He found out afterwards, and they realized that Budapest was probably going to be their last hurrah, and it really kind of was. Yeah. And that's why they, you know, pulled out the big guns sure. to make sure it looked amazing. And it does. They yeah, did a does. good job with that. All right, uh, let's give some recommendations before we go for the week. Uh, what do you uh, What are you telling the people they should watch? Um, man, I, I am watching. All sorts of stuff right now. Uh, I finished the uh, the Unabomber okay. thing on Netflix. That was okay. It's like the best version of a police procedural on NBC. Okay. Like, it's all right. Yeah. Um, it's cheesy and not bad. Yeah, that's okay. But um, I don't know, man. Um, Have I, you I, seen I, Homecoming? Sam Eshmael's show. No. He did Mr. Robot. Uh, Julia Roberts stars as a therapist. She's trying to help integrate military personnel back into society. Or is she? Dun, dun, dun. Nah. It's weird, like Mr. Robot. Uh, it was definitely interesting. I, I recommend it. I enjoyed it. Uh, in the middle couple, you were like, okay, where are we going with this? But the last three were knocked it out of the park. Knocked it out of the park. I really like what he does. He uses the 4x3 and 16x9 for memories. So the pass is 4x3 and then the regular is 16x9. And at one point, they meld together. And the way he shoots it was just so cool. That guy, he's weird. 
Okay. Can't always get behind his stuff, but he does. He's he does great work. I'll check it out. Yeah, just ten episodes, uh, thirty minute episodes mostly. So it's not even like an hour episode per. Not like Mr. Robot because I I dove out of Mr. Robot. I don't know about halfway through the second season. It just got too weird for me. But Homecoming was good. I recommend it. Watch Black Klansman. It's interesting. It is. Uh, yes. Adam Driver is worth it. Adam Driver's worth it every time. He really is. I hate that guy. I love him so much. <laughs> All right, without further ado, that's the end. See you. Later.